Hey everyone, this is Thea, and I want to welcome you to the corner of here and now, where we talk about real life, recovery, success, spirituality, and anything else that might come up right here, right now. Hold on to your seat, because we're in for a ride. of here and now. This is Thea, your host. It is episode 2.25, so this is 26 of 52. We are halfway through, and today is, I believe, the 5th of December, so we are coming up strong on uh, the end of the year of this crazy, 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 crazy year. Uh, it's Saturday. I think I said that already, but I'm not sure. And um, I, I really, I don't really have a topic. I've gotten off my list of topics. But I was watching a program earlier on um, Showtime. And it was the story of John Belushi. And, you know, as most of you out there know, I'm sure you know that, you know, John Belushi died of a drug overdose. And 82, 1982, um, and it was the second time I've watched this show about him, and it really, I mean, it, it made me really sad the first time I watched it, but the second time watching it today, um, man, it just, it just hit me, and I was trying to figure out why, I mean, it was, you know, affecting me the way that it was. And I still feel a little affected just kind of sitting here talking about it. And, um, it was interesting because it was kind of this cool show. It's on Showtime. It's called Belushi. If you get to watch it or if you have the opportunity to watch it, it's really well done. And what they did was they went through and they, there's a whole bunch of phone interviews of John Belushi's friends and family and his wife and, um, Dan Aykroyd and the people that were on, you know, Second City and um, Saturday Night Live with him and in his movies. And and there's a couple really um, poignant lines, I think, in the movies from his friends and family. And one of them was, and I can't, I can't remember the guy's name, Landis maybe, um, said something like, you know, when he hit a certain amount of uh, stardom or fame in the late 70s, he said something like, um, you know, um, this must be really, really awesome for John. But I ho- also hope John survives this. Um, so, you know, a lot of people knew beforehand that he had, you know, just these huge huge problems with consumption. That was the way one of his friends even um, described it, was that his consumption was so large. And it's interesting because um, Carrie Fisher, or Princess Leia, uh, was a good friend of John Belushi. So there's quite a bit of uh, audio um, from her talking about him. And 
one of the things that she said, a lot of things that really struck me, but one of them was that, you know, a lot of people have the, the, uh, oh, button, you know, like, uh, oh, I'm doing too much. Uh, oh, I better slow down. And she's like, he didn't have that. There was no off switch. And I think a lot of us out there might understand what that, what that feels like. There's just no off switch. And she talked about how, um, at one point, like he had spent a whole summer on the East coast and they were at the beach and it was all of their families and they were all hanging out all summer and he was, he had been clean all summer. And so, um, she was talking about, and this is still Carrie Fisher or princess Leia was talking about how horrible it must've been for him. Like just horrible. It must've been for him because you know, it's, it's not, it's not the drug addiction that gets us. This is going to sound really weird. It's the sobriety that gets us because now we have all these feelings and we don't know what to do with them because there's a reason why we are using. And this goes back a lot to the numbing and the regulating our nervous system and there's just something not right with us and we have to like fill this void with something and I'm not sure where any of this is going we have to fill this void you know with something and and so she was talking about how it must have been horrible for him that summer to not have any drugs and to be sober all summer without any kind of support group without any guidance on how to handle things that are coming up that are the things that, you know, we've been shoving down for all this time. And, man, I really, again, the second time hearing all that, because I, I watched this a couple weeks ago, for whatever reason, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes the second time I watch something or the second time I read a book, um, that's what really get, that's when I really see things and hear things. And when things jump out at me, it's on the second and third trip through books and movies and stuff like that. But, and then there were like all these, they were like showing all these letters that he wrote to his wife and how desperate he was. And, you know, he knew he was, you know, in a really bad way at the end and, Blah, blah, blah. And so I think one of the things that really gets me about sometimes gets me with this stuff when I'm listening to this, it's, it's, yeah, that they died. Obviously, that's a, that sucks, right? Like, it just so sucks. Somebody so talented. Just like it sucks when it's somebody in the rooms or like my guest yesterday was talking about a, you know, a young kid, a kid in there, a teenager that dies of this thing. You know, it's just, it just absolutely fucking sucks. But what really got me today was that I really identified with how he felt. And that's what was really getting me today was I, um, you know, I mean, obviously, I didn't know the man. <laughs> I'm from Chicago, though, so it was kind of cool to see all the Chicago stuff in there. But I identified with how he felt. 
You know, I, I understand despair and frustration and loneliness and not knowing where to turn and not knowing what to do. I understand, you know, even being clean and sober and having depression and despair and all that and not knowing, you know, where to turn or what to do. So I think for me, when I watch that stuff or I read a book of somebody's story, there's a lot of people writing books right now about their addiction stories and getting clean and stuff, which I think is awesome. I think it's kind of weird. That's another, that's another podcast. I haven't written a book yet. Um, but I think that it's, it, you know, I, I get it. Like to me, that's what I get. It's not, it's not the dying sometimes that gets me. It's the, how we felt and that empathy and compassion about how he must have felt at the end of just having absolutely no hope. Just utter no hope. And it's such a it's just such a horrible, horrible place to be to to feel that way and to think that there's nobody there for us and oh and just the people left behind, you know, listening to Dan Aykroyd talk about his friend John Belushi is just Oh, it's heartbreaking, you know, and we all know we've had, we've lost people and we know how that feels. Um, it's yucky and it's heartbreaking. <clears throat> and so, and then, you know, and even in, you know, Carrie, F Carrie Fisher, listening to her talk about it as well is just, uh, you know, she was an addict too. So she got it right. She understood like, when she says that thing in that movie about that must have been horrible for him to be sober all summer with no support and nobody to help him and nobody to guide him, you know, he needed a Ben Obi-Wan Kenobi. There's the Star Wars references, kind of weird. I don't know. So I think just having that compassion and that empathy and really feeling for someone, um, you know, I don't like to tell people very often, but I do feel things very deeply, even though I told all of you out there. And I don't know how many are out there, by the way. There could be seven. There could be 27. It could be 270. I don't know. I don't know how many people are out there, and it really doesn't matter. But that's just kind of what I was thinking about was that. So if you get an opportunity to watch that movie on Showtime, um, man, it's good. It's really, really good. And um, if you're an addict like me, and maybe like John Belushi was, um, you'll understand how he felt. And I think that's what gets me in meetings too. When I'm when I'm listening to somebody talk, it's it's that feeling, you know. It's that how we're feeling when that when that happens. When someone really shares you know, vulnerably and puts it out there, man, I've, 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 I feel that shit and I need it. I need to hear other people say that stuff because, um, because I need to say that stuff a lot of the time too. And, um, so yeah, anyways, that's all I have today. 
regulating our nervous system when we don't put drugs in our body? How do we do it? Hmm? 12 steps, the process, helping others, exercising, journaling, prayer and meditation, breath work, doing the things so that we don't have to get to that place <clears throat> when we are clean and sober. All right. So you all have a good night. I will be back tomorrow and peace out. All right, everyone. That's another episode of The Corner of Here and Now. Thank you for joining me. If you like what you're hearing, please share, comment, and or subscribe. Please know that the music used in this podcast is the one and only Kenny Cordray. The song is called Rojo that was generously donated by his family. Until the next time we meet on the corner of here and now, remember, we're all just walking each other home. Peace out.